0: Football, 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 It's the football, 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 and sometimes other sports show. Here's your host AJ Nicoletti. What up? MFFSS.com. at Sosos, Twitter, Instagram, Twitter.tv slash AJ Nick Three. Merry Christmas! Hopefully everybody had a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy Boxing Day to all the Brits and Canadians and people that celebrate Boxing Day. So a lot of holidays. Hopefully everybody had a Merry, Merry Christmas on this Tuesday edition of the pod. We're going to do NFL takes. That's how I labeled it. I don't know what to label it. I'm tired on this Christmas as I record this for you on Boxing Day to hear. I'm tired. I'm just going to go through it. NFL takes. (laughs) NFL reactionary takes. I don't know. I don't know what you want me to describe it. Takes. Okay. So we'll do that in the kickoff into a full NFL Week 16 recap. We got some college football bowl season to talk about. Weekend soccer recap, some midweek soccer preview with the festive fixtures, uh, college basketball, and more with Sarapuloks and pick six at the end of the program. Again, hopefully everybody had a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. Again, Happy Boxing Day to all the Brits out there. We'll do NFL takes NFL Week 16 recap. College football bowl season weekend soccer recap, midweek soccer preview, college basketball, striper locks and pick six. All right, kick it off NFL takes and we had some showdowns this week. So I'll do those games as well. But I want to start with the showdown on Monday night with the Ravens who have looked very impressive in these games that they've played crossover teams or uh, teams in their conference that are contenders. They look very strong. They blew the Lions out. I, I, I'm going to say Seattle's a contender, but they're a solid team. They've won some good games. They blew them out. And now they went on the road to San Francisco, picked Purdy off four times, Darnold another one. So it's five interceptions they got of the Niners in San Francisco. I mean, that's very, very impressive. I didn't think the offense was great, but they made enough plays. Um, Lamar made a lot of plays. With his feet to set up his arm, I didn't think he had the best night throwing, but he also had some good throws, so give him credit. Um, And the Ravens, again, very, very impressed. Very impressed with um, their ability to go to San Francisco on the road and absolutely dominate a team between... You know, containing the Niner offense and getting all those turnovers and also offensively sustaining some drives, getting some points on, on that side of the ball. So, very, very impressive. Now, the other side with Purdy, he looked human. And there have been a couple games here and there where he's looked human, but not in a big spot against the big team. In a, in, you know, like a couple games here and there, he's like, oh, that, that wasn't great. Then the question marks come up, and then he has a big game against somebody else. You know, okay, everybody relax about the question marks about Brock Purdy. But this game on Monday night, I think, raised a lot of questions for some people that didn't have questions before. Now, I think he's capable. I think he's uh, a competent starter in this league. If there's another quarterback prospect or a quarterback that Kyle Shanahan could get his hands on that is better, I, I wouldn't doubt he would do it. You know, it's not like he's going to say, no, Purdy's my guy. I want my. Guy. Like we've seen Shanahan move on from quarterbacks, you know, and, and get quarterbacks and then still move on from them. So we've seen that with him. So I would say him looking human at a big spot is definitely concerning. But I still think he's a good player. I still think he can be a a Super Bowl-winning quarterback on that team because that team can win a Super Bowl with a good starter. He doesn't have to be a franchise guy. He doesn't have to be the greatest starter of all time. He doesn't have to do those things, right? So I think Purdy and the Niners, a lot of turnovers where if they don't turn the ball over in those spots, They get touchdowns, and it's a different ballgame. So, Purdy, look human. Now, another game on Monday, the Eagles against the Giants. More consistent play from the Eagles, but they got the win kind of like earlier in the season when they had that little run where they should have won those games that they did, right? Where they were escaping or just, you know, finding a way to win, and that's a sign of a good team for sure, finding ways to win games. Also, another sign of a good team is putting teams away you know the fact that the Giants even had a chance in that ball game is insane if you're if you're the Eagles and you want to be a Super Bowl caliber team right so um, Eagles again more inconsistency Hurts doesn't look like he the MVP was last season Um, the running game is hot and cold in some stretches Defensively, it's not like they get a ton of turnovers, to be fair, but the pass rush is there when it's got to be there. But very inconsistent and not the team that we saw last year. I think that's all I've said the whole year, even when they were 10 1. I said they've won some games they should have lost. And that, you know, you got to give them credit, but you also have to make that point. Um, And then the other showdown game, Dolphins, Cowboys. I think you got to give the Dolphins credit for a victory against a winning team um a game that they're ahead they wish they could convert some of those field goals to touchdowns but they still got points then they held the Cowboys to a couple of field goals they end up giving up the lead late but then they go get the field goal to win the game you know in a big spot so i think you got to give the dolphins some credit that's a big spot for them they clinch a playoff spot they got a chance to win the division and the cowboys played tough i thought Played well enough to win the game. You know, taking the lead late, all you need is a stop. It's unfortunate what happened with that Cowboy defense not being able to get off the field on that last stand. Um, But you got to give the Dolphins credit. And then, again, for the Cowboys, the game against the Bills was not the end-all, be-all. It was a game against a Bills team that has to win out and had to show up and had to win at home. Like, that's a desperation game for them. This Dolphin team, I think, is similar. And it's not like... At least the Cowboys didn't lay down in this game. You know what I mean? The Bills game, I thought they kind of laid down after things didn't go their way. This game, it didn't really go their way, especially that opening drive. They fumble at the goal line, but they still fight to get it. They get a 7-3 lead, and then they give it up eventually at half, and then they get a late lead, but they couldn't hold on. So I think the Cowboys played tough, couldn't get it done. It seems like it's a season of that on the road, whether that's the loss in Philadelphia, the loss in Miami, Let's say the Buffalo and San Francisco losses are similar in games they just didn't have it, not one of your nights., uh, but then you have a game like the the Arizona game was a disgrace to be honest, but it is what it is. So um that's the Dolphin Cowboy outlook. and then the bills are alive. The bills are alive. I know they struggled a little bit and then they survive against the Chargers there and get that win, but they got the win. They're starting to stack some Ws together. They're starting to fight a little bit for each other and play better, and Josh is playing better. Now, I'm sure a lot of people would want more action from Diggs, and I understand that for sure. But they're giving you the chance to get back in this thing, so I think you got to give the Bills credit. And the Bills are alive. The Bills are alive. That is my note. I have Bills are alive. This is on, and they're the team that everybody's like, well, you don't want to play that team in the postseason. Listen, you're going to have to play somebody at some point in the postseason. Like, you're not going to get three wild cards. That's not how it works. So, um, even the wild card team is going to be good. So bills are alive. So I'd say my impressions of these five, te- six teams, Ravens. Wow. Purdy looked human for the Niners. It's concerning. Is it the most concerning thing you ever? No Eagles. Good that they ended the losing streak, but it's not like they played good ball for 60 minutes. They didn't play a complete game for 60 minutes. Now, Dolphins, I think you got to give credit for it against the victory against the Cowboys. Cowboys, you can criticize them. They didn't win on the road again. All these things, right? It's hard to win on the road in this league. We talk about it all the time. So, I get it. it, it they take the lead late. It's not like they got blown out. So, I think yeah, they played tough, but they couldn't get it done. The Bills... Bills are alive. Bills are alive for sure, for sure. All right, NFL Week 16 recap got started on Thursday night. Saints Rams in LA. Rams went at 30 to 22. Rams had a fourth and goal and they went for it. Stafford to Puka Nakua touchdowns. So the Rams up seven nothing. Then the Saints just over midfield, fourth and five. Carr gets sacked, so they turn over on downs. Rams get a Harvestick field goal. Then they misses a field goal. So it's 10-0, Saints get a touchdown, Carr to Shahid on the long one, 10-7, Saints in the game, and the Saints, fourth and five, nearly almost identical to what they did earlier in the game, uh, the Ram 42 this time, it's incomplete, they turned over on downs, Stafford hits Robinson for a touchdown, so it's 17-7, half ends shortly after, Rams get another Harvestick field goal to make it 27, Carr gets picked off, Kyle Williams gets into the end zone for his customary touchdown as it seems for the Rams. 27-7 at this point. Saints 4th and seven at the Ram 34. Short of the sticks on the completion. Another turnover on downs. Harvester makes it 30-7. A Carr to Johnson touchdown gets the Saints back in at 30-14. And the Rams punt gets blocked. Carr to Perry touchdown. Two-point play good. So they're only down 8. Rams end up recovering the onside kick. Uh, Stafford gets the Saints to jump on a 3rd and six. They end up converting the 3rd and 1. And Stafford kneels the game out. So that's how it finished the Rams. Got interesting there a little bit at the end with the two late scores from the Saints, but a uh, good victory for the Rams, that's for sure. All right, Saturday night, the first game, or Saturday, the first game of the doubleheader, Cincinnati-Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh wins it 34-11. to It was Mason Rudolph for the Steelers, and Rudolph hit Pickens for an 86-yard catch-and-run touchdown early in the game. Pittsburgh up 7 nothing. Browning gets the Bengals going, but he throws a pick in the end zone. A Austin end around touchdown for the Steelers makes it 14 0. Then Browning gets picked again. Good return. Steelers set up in the red zone. It's a Najee Harris touchdown, and the Steelers just like that. It's 21 0. And this offense is what everybody's been looking for in Pittsburgh, that's for sure. Bengals, fourth and inches at the Pittsburgh Five. They turn it over on downs on the incompletion. A Boswell field goal ends the half. Steelers in front 24 0. Browning then hits Higgins. Long catch and run touchdown. Two-point play good, 24-8, to eight, but Rudolph off the pickings right away to answer it. Steelers increased the lead to 31-8. Bengals fourth and five at the Steelers, 32. Turnover on downs and completion. A McPherson field goal cut the lead to 31-11. Browning picked for a third time. Another Boswell field goal made it 34-11. to So, good win for the Steelers. Um, not sure really what it does. I mean, he keeps them in it, obviously, in the AFC, but with Rudolph in and he plays well, so what do you – I don't know. I mean, Pickett's got to be the guy, right? But Rudolph played well and, and gave Pickens the ball, so I, hey, not my problem. Anyway, Buffalo and the L.A. Chargers on the West Coast was the nightcap. Bills went at 24-22. A dicker field goal got the scoring start for the Chargers, and the Chargers punt. Bills Muffet, Chargers set up. It's a stick touchdown, so the Chargers in front – 10 nothing. Then Allen hits Gabe Davis to get the Bills on the board, and then a Josh Allen touchdown gives the Bills the 14-10 lead. Half ends shortly after. Then Allen gets picked off on a deep ball. Dicker field goal cuts the lead to 1, and Allen touchdown makes it 21-13. A Dicker field goal cuts it to 21-16. Another Dicker field goal cuts it to 21-19, and then Cook fumbles. Stick ends up taking a sack, but the Dicker field goal is still good. He's an excellent kicker um so chargers take a 22 to 21 lead so the bills only need a field goal and alan shakir it gets ruled a touchdown but he's done by contact it ends up setting up a best field goal that gives the bills the 24 22 lead chargers get it back no timeouts 22 seconds left and cannot do anything with it so that's how the nightcap ended bills get a road win they got to win out to get in and they have started that process that's for sure all right games on sunday Seattle and Tennessee Seahawks win this one comeback late 20 to 17 Levis out Tannehill in for the Titans it was a Henry to a touchdown with a trick play with a running back throwing the touchdown pass it was seven nothing Titans Myers field goal gets the Seahawks on the board seven three and then a folk field goal restored the seven point lead half end same score 10-3 Titans at the break a Myers field goal cut the lead to four then Geno finds Metcalf to give Seattle their first lead of the game, 13-10. But a Henry touchdown gives the lead right back to the Titans. And then the Seahawks go down the field in a big spot. And Geno, with Smith and Jigba and Lockett and Metcalf, you got to be worried about those guys. He throws a touchdown pass to Parkinson on the other side of the field. So that's how the Seahawks took the lead 20-17. And the Titans could not get a tying field goal or a game-winning touchdown. And that's how that one ended Seahawks 20 To 17. They stay alive with some big wins late in the season here. Indianapolis and Atlanta. Atlanta wins it at home 29-10. A Taylor touchdown got the Colts on the board 7-0, but a Heineke to Pitts score leveled the game at 7. Koo misses a field goal, but a flag on the Colts. uh, Fourth and inches. They go for it. Patterson converts it. Then Koo makes the next field goal a little shorter. So Atlanta in front 10-7, their first lead of the game. Koo Another field goal made a 13-7 half-in shortly after. Algier touchdown for the Falcons makes it a 20-7 lead. Gay field goal cuts it to 10 for the Colts. Then Coup, a fourth field goal, third field goal to make it 23-10. Colts turn it over on downs. Minshew gets picked off when the Colts get it back. A fourth Coup field goal and then a fifth Coup field goal. So um, he was big. He was big. And I might – have him in fantasy, so we'll see. Uh, all right, but a big win for the Falcons keeps their NFC South hopes alive and also wildcard hopes. But NFC South, they want that home playoff game. They want a division title in that in that uh, not the strongest division, but competitive. Certainly competitive. You can't argue that it's not competitive, right? All right, Cleveland and Houston up next. Cleveland wins at thirty six twenty two. Texans were rotating Case Keenum and Davis Mills, just didn't work out. Not a good job by. The Houston Texans with Stroud not being ready to go. A four touchdown got the scoring started for the Browns. A Flacco bomb to Amari Cooper made it 14-0. Then the ensuing kickoff, Pierce runs it back for the Texans to get them on the board, so the lead cut to 7-14-7 Browns. Flacco and Joku touchdown. Hopkins got hurt, the kicker, so they had to go for two. They get it this time. It's 22-7. Then Flacco, next possession for the Browns, gets picked off on a deep ball. Keenum gets picked off, then Flacco picked off on the last play of the half and the throw to the end. So. Second half action, Flacco to Cooper. They hook up again for another touchdown. Two-point play, no good, so it's 28-7. Keenum picked again a Hunt touchdown, makes it 36-7. Two-point play, good, 36-7. Texans turn it over on downs. Browns turned over on downs. Then Mills hits Collins for a touchdown. Two-point play, good, 36-15. Then the Texans actually recovered the onside kick. Give them credit. Uh, not a lot of teams, have re- I think I might have been one of the first ones that got recovered this year, if I'm not mistaken. That onside kick. Uh, it leads to a Mills to Beck touchdown. Browns lead cut to 36-22, but the Browns, nothing really happens. They ended up turning it over on Downs. Texans also turned it over on Downs, so that's how that one ended. Browns 36-22, and the Texans, unfortunately, who had a lot of momentum, this Stroud concussion that's really unfortunate because they had a good thing going and him getting banged up has really hurt their team. I mean, it's obvious when you lose a quarterback, a ton of teams have lost their quarterback across the league. I know the Jets are, you know, whining. I'm sure there's a bunch of other teams whining about quarterback play and losing their quarterback, but it is what it is. All right, Green Bay and Carolina. Packers win this one 33-30. A A.J. Dillon touchdown got Green Bay on the board. A Pinero field goal cut the lead to 7-3. A love sneak touchdown touchdown. Uh, increased the packer lead to 13-3 after the missed extra point. Mar- Smith-Marset, end-around touchdown for the Panthers, cut the lead to three. A Carlson lead, uh, Carlson field goal for the Packers made it 16-10. Panthers end up turning it over on downs. Love to Wicks, touchdown. Packers in front, 23-10. Half-end, same score. A Chuba Hubbard touchdown made it uh, 23-16. They missed the extra point, so unfortunately it is 23-16. A Love to Dobbs touchdown connection makes it 30-16. Young to Shark, Touchdown, missed extra point, 30 to 30-22. Panthers get it back. Young to Shark, touchdown, two-point play. Good. This time it's 30-30, to 30, and a Carlson field goal for the Packers wins the game. Packers escape Carolina with a win, trying to get into the postseason. So, an uh, interesting one there. Give the Panthers credit for fighting back, that's for sure. All right, Washington and the New York football Jets. Jets win this one, 30-28, and... Uh, that's them holding on, uh, thirty to twenty-eight. Game couldn't have started worse for the Commanders. Howell gets picked off, leads to a Greg the leg field goal. Then the Commanders' second possession, they get a punt blocked. Simeon's to Brownlee touchdown, ten uh, nothing. Then a Brees Hall touchdown makes it seventeen nothing. Jets fourth and one at the Commanders' thirty-four. They turn over on downs, just get it back. They punt. Crowder gets a big return, but then he just like jumps in the air and fumbles the ball. And the Jets end up recovering. Leeser, Greg, the leg field goal to make it 20-0. Simeon ends up fumbling a high snap. He couldn't corral it. Commander's set up there. Rodriguez touchdown one of his uh, first three of the day there. First of three of the day there. Sets 20-7. Brees Hall, second touchdown, makes it 27-7. Howell gets picked off. Simeon gets picked off. Brissett comes in for the Commanders. He throws a touchdown pass to Logan Thomas to make it 27-14. They get it back. They drive him down again. A second Rodriguez touchdown cuts the lead to 27-21 for the Jets. And then the Gibson touchdown gave the Commanders a 28-27 lead. This was a team that was down 27-7, folks. And they have a 28-27 lead late in the game. But the Jets and Simeon get down the field. They set up a Greg the Leg field goal. Jets win it 30 28 Detroit and the Minnesota Vikings lines had the opportunity to To win the division with a win. And boy, did they. They win it 32-24. A Montgomery touchdown got the scoring starter for the Detroit Lions. A Chandler touchdown. He's been good in these last couple weeks for the Vikings. Makes it 7-7. Gibbs has a good run, but he fumbles at the end of it. But no worries. Fourth and two. Mullins gets picked off. A Badgley field goal. He's the new kicker for the Lions. Patterson out now. So that's a 10-7 lead for the Lions. Mullins picked off again. Gibbs' touchdown this time makes it 17-7, but here comes the Vikings, and Mullins just chucked the ball up like 14 times on this drive, and it worked out. He finds Justin Jefferson for a touchdown, so it's 17-14 lead cut into for the Lions' half end shortly after then. Here come the Vikings in the second half. Mullins hits Osborne, and the Vikings lead 21-17 on that touchdown connection, but the Lions answer. Goff to St. Brown. Extra point actually gets blocked. It's a gigantic block because instead of the lead being a field goal, it's only two, 23, 21. But Lions get it back. Gibbs, a second touchdown. Lions in front by nine. Mullins gets picked off. They get it back. Joseph Field goal cuts the lead to six, and the Vikings get it back again. But Mullins gets picked off to seal it for the Lions, and they win their first division since 1993, folks. All right. Afternoon slate. Jacksonville and Tampa. This was a route. Uh, Tampa wins at thirty to twelve. It was Lawrence playing for the the Jags, but he got banged up again. McLaughlin field goal makes it three nothing. Box Lawrence gets picked off. baked to Evans, their first connection in the end zone. Touchdown. Tampa up ten nothing. McManus missed field goal. Then McLaughlin made field goal makes it thirteen nothing. Lawrence picked again. It was a horrendous half for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Bake Evans, their second touchdown. Twenty nothing. Tampa Bay half end same score. Then Lawrence fumbles. Leads to a white touchdown run for the Bucks. Jags end up turning it over on Downs. Another McLaughlin field goal makes it 30 to nothing. And Lawrence hits Ridley for a touchdown. Two point play no good. Uh, Lawrence fumbles. I think he got hurt there. Bucks turn it over on Downs. Jags turn it over on downs. Then a Beth Hart to Ridley touchdown makes it 30 to 12. Two point play, no good. So two touchdowns, two um, point play, two separate two point plays, no good. And that's how you get to 30 to 12. Big win for the Tampa Bay Bucks, because Atlanta had won earlier. Um, New Orleans had lost on the road. So it is getting very, very interesting. Very, very fun in that NFC South at the stretch of the season here. All right. Next up, Arizona and Chicago. Bears win this one twenty-seven to sixteen. A Justin Fields touchdown got the scoring started seven-nothing. A Herbert touchdown made a 14-0. Fields to Lewis touchdown. Bears in this one. Murray to Connor got the Cardinals on the board, 21-7. A Prater field goal cut it to 21-10, but a Santos field goal makes it 24-10. Fields got picked off. Murray to Dorchich. Touchdown. Two-point play, no good. So the Bear lead cut to 24-16. The Cardinals get it back, but they turn it over on downs. Bears get an insurance field goal, which they need, 27-16. And that was the final. All right. Cowboys and Dolphins. Dolphins win it in Miami, 22-20. to 20. Cowboys had a really good opening drive, and when they scored touchdowns or even scored on their opening drives, I believe they're undefeated. Then they're going in, and they gave the ball to the fullback 14 times on this drive. I exaggerate, but the last time going in, he never gets the ball from Dak. It was a bad exchange. It's a fumble, and the Dolphins drive it for a long field goal. Give him credit with Sanders. He made a long kick. Cowboys do come right back down the field and answer. Dak to CeeDee Lamb, touchdown. Dallas in front, 7-3. Dolphins go all the way to the goal line. They end up turning it over on downs, but the Cowboys have to punt it. Dolphins set up in their next possession. Two at a most touchdown. Miami, 13-7, half-inch shortly after. A Sanders field goal makes it 16-7. Cowboys can't answer with a touchdown, but they get an Aubrey field goal, so the lead is still 6 Sanders gets another field goal to make it nine Aubrey answers with another field goal to make it six Cowboys get it back put together a really good drive get the lead late Dak to Cook's touchdown Cowboys in front 2019 but they left a little too much time and they couldn't get a stop and a long not long a short Sanders field goal with no time left wins the game for the Miami Dolphins big win for the Dolphins give them credit they needed it really bad gets them into the postseason it certainly would have helped the Cowboy narrative and the Cowboy, I guess, confidence going into the postseason winning on the road. But um, it's like, yeah, they got blown out in San Francisco and they lost a stupid game against Arizona that they shouldn't have lost. They got blown out in Buffalo. I think that game gets changed early in the game. The Eagle loss, I, I think they should have won that game in, in this game in Miami. I think th- those are the two out of the five that I'd say th- those two they could have had. Um, Unfortunately, they got none of them. So not a great road record so far for the Dallas Cowboys, that's for sure. And give credit to Miami. Won a tough, hard-fought game. Not really like the shootout that I think a lot of people expected, but give the Dolphins credit. Hung in there. And I thought the Cowboy defense, even though they gave us some scores like They gave up a bunch of field goals that weren't touchdowns. that kept them in the game. And you could argue that the Dolphin defense did the same, like not letting the Cowboys get in the end zone a bunch uh, with the field goals that they gave up and and not conceding the lead. So I I thought both defenses played pretty solid games. I thought both offenses left some points out there. Um, But I thought it was a good football game and a good test for both teams, and the Dolphins win it. Give them credit. Uh, Nightcap. Pats, Broncos in Denver. Patriots win at 26-23. This game was wild early on. Zappi fumbles. Broncos had goal to go. Fourth and goal. They turn turnover on downs. They get it back. A Williams touchdown makes it 7-0. A Ryland field goal puts the Pats on the board. Then Russ hits Williams. He fumbles, but Ryland misses the field goal. And then Lutz missed field goal, ends the half. So it's 7-3 at the break. And then here we come out of it. Zappy to Zeke, touchdown, missed extra point. So it's 9-7 Patriots, and then Zappi to Gasecki touchdown, makes it 16-7. And then the ensuing kickoff is fumbled for a touchdown that makes it 23-7 Patriots. So just like that, they take the lead, they increase the lead, and then they make it 23-7. But here come the Broncos late in the game, Rust to Kroll. Touchdown, two-point play, good, 23-15. And then Russ to Johnson, two-point play, good, as the Broncos got it back, and they tie the game 23-23. But Bailey Zappi leads the Pats down the field. Ryland field goal makes it 26-23. And the Broncos get it back. Hail Mary gets knocked down. That's how the Patriots got a big win on the road for their season, even though it hurts their draft. But maybe it gives Belichick another uh, lasting memory on his possible last season. All right. We go to Christmas Day, uh, Monday. Raiders. I mean, this was a great game for the Raiders. Give them credit. They went to Kansas City 1. Raiders went it 20-14. to a Carlson field goal gave the Vegas Raiders a 3 0 lead, but Pacheco touchdown answers for Kansas City. But a trick play in the next Kansas City possession with Mahomes shifting over and Pacheco giving him the ball in, in the Wildcat. They fumble it, scoop and score. Holder can't get the snap down for Vegas on the extra point, so it's 9 7. Then Mahomes throws a pick six, the ensuing possession. They get the two point play this time. Vegas in front 10, 17-7. Then Butker, to cut it to 7 at the half, he missed the field goal. So instead of being 17-10, you're feeling all right, you get a stop, you get a score, tie game 17-up. No, you miss the field goal. You feel even worse at half. And we go to the half. They get a stop because it was Raiders ball coming out. But then Chiefs had fourth and 5 at the Vegas 43. They turn it over on downs. Leads to Carlson field goal to make it 20-7. to And then Chiefs had fourth and 7 at the Vegas 7, they turn it over and downs. So they get it back. Mahomes throws a touchdown pass to Watson, 20-14. to Chiefs actually kick it deep because they had two timeouts, the two-minute warning, and a good defense, to be fair. But the Raiders do a great job of running out the clock, staying in bounds, getting the first downs that they need, and the Chiefs lose at home. Antonio Pierce doing a great job of saying, hey, let me coach this team, man. Let me coach this team. You got to give him credit. Uh, he's done an outstanding job since taking over for that Vegas Raiders team that's not eliminated from the postseason and can technically also win the division, still, mind you. So think about that for a second. All right. Middle game here, the triple header Giants, Eagles. Eagles win at 33 25. I saw a tweet. Even though they win the game, it's more questions, not answers from the Eagles. And I don't disagree. I don't disagree with the sports pope on this Christmas day. Uh, big pump return set up a hurts. Shove play, touchdown, Eagles up 7-0. Mason Crosby, now the giant kicker, makes it 7-3 with a long one, and Elliott Field goal restores the 7-point lead, and then a Hertz to Smith touchdown makes it Eagles 17-3. Giants turn it over on downs, and Elliott Field goal ends the half 20-3. Eagles actually fumble the opening kickoff of the third quarter, so we found out right away what the heck the Giants were going to do because they go to Tyrod Taylor, and Tommy DeVito gets pulled Taylor in, DeVito out, Barkley touchdown. Giants in the end zone for the first time in a long time. And the lead is cut to 10, 20-10. Hurts then throws a pick six. Two-point play good for the Giants, so they cut the lead to two. Swift touchdown makes it 27-18. Giants end up turning it over on downs again. It leads to Elliott field goal, 30-16. But Taylor hits a deep ball to Slayton. He's into the end zone quickly. Eagle lead cut to five. Then the Giants... Can't get a stop, can't get off the field, but they do end up holding the Eagles to a field goal to keep them in the game. It's an Elliott field goal. It's a long one. He makes it, thirty-three to twenty-five. Giants get it back. No timeouts. One ten left in the game. Taylor makes some big plays. He throws the ball to the end zone. It gets picked off. No call in the back of the end zone. By the way, there was uh, I think Barkley got shoved out of bounds, which I don't know. That's an interesting one, but. Again, Eagles. Hey, this seems. This looks a little more like the Eagles in the beginning of the season that didn't play well and still found a way to win the game. They haven't really found or played their best ball, even though they were ten and one. And then you got a lot of like games here in this losing streak, and even some of the games that they won that you're like, you're shaking your head, being like, this is. They're winning games and they're a talented team, but they're not that great of a football team. But hey, they're in first place. Give them credit. All right, nightcap was the Ravens and the Niners. A lot of people talking about a Super Bowl preview. And if this is a Super Bowl preview, get ready for a bad Super Bowl, folks, because the Ravens took it to the 49ers, 39-19. Purdy picked off early, but Lamar gets uh, an intentional grounding for a safety, so the Niners go up 2-0. Then they get a moody field goal with a drive gets stalled. So they're up 5-0 in the first uh, three-run homer and a two-run homer. Tucker, three-run shot. Uh, makes it 5-3. No, a field goal from Justin Tucker, of course. Purdy gets picked off a second time, then fourth and goal. The Ravens go for it instead of kicking the field goal. It's an Edwards touchdown. 10-5 Baltimore in front. Uh, Purdy gets picked a third time, but the Niners get it back. It's a McCaffrey touchdown. Baltimore lead cuts a one. A Tucker field goal ends the half. Baltimore 16-12. Then Lamar hits Aguilar for a touchdown to make it 23-12. Purdy gets picked off for a fourth time. Lamar Flowers touchdown 30-12. to Tucker field goal makes it 33-12. Niners turn it over on downs. Purdy comes out of the game. Darnold in. He throws a touchdown pass to Bell to make it 33-19. But then Niners driving late. Na- uh, Donald Darnold gets picked off in the end zone. Ravens win it 33-19. Big win for the Baltimore Ravens in a measuring stick game on a Monday night in a big spot. All right, college football, bowls. Yeah, the book were on ball. It couldn't have gone worse for Syracuse. Salvador wins it forty-five to nothing. And you have the Gasparilla Bowl, Georgia Tech beats UCF 30-17. to 17. And then the Vegas Bowl, Utah-Northwestern. What a barn burner this was, folks. Absolute offensive powerhouse is going after it. 14-7, Northwestern wins it. And hey, give Northwestern a lot of credit because if you told me they'd win a bowl game at the end of the season after what happened in the in uh, leading up to the start of the season in the off season, there, I'd say you're out of your mind. But hey, give them credit. Give that, uh, give that coaching staff credit. So you got the Mayo Bowl coming up, which is UNC West Va. You got the Holiday Bowl, which is Louisville uh, and Car- uh, South Carolina, Southern California, Southern Cal, USC. You got the Texas Bowl, Texas A and M, and Oklahoma State. So we'll have a full full college football playoff preview on Thursday's show with a breakdown of all, um, well, the two semifinal games and the New Year's Six games that people care about, I guess. So we'll look ahead to the bigger bowls on Thursday's show. I know I haven't been talking a bunch of the bowls yet, but I, some of these matchups just don't do it for me, guys. I'm sorry. I, I just, when, when there's this big playoff, like when it used to just be a national championship and the, all the other bowls like matter to people because it wasn't like they got left out at five. It's just that you got left out at three, you know? So I don't know. But we'll talk more bowls later in the week for sure. All right, let's go to footy. Weekend soccer recap in the EPL. Crystal Palace Brighton 1-1 to cook off the festive fixtures. Brighton was playing out of the back. Turnover. Elise sets up IU at the back post. Brilliant uh, header. And then another header, equalizer, was Danny Welbeck for Brighton. And that's how the points were split there at Selhurst Park. Then we had at Villa Park, Archer put Sheffield United up 1-0. And then a Zanillo stoppage time equalizer split the points and gave one apiece to... United and one to the villains. West Ham and Manchester United. West Ham went a 2-0. Paquetta, another assist. He chips it for Bowen, another goal. And then Kudas had the insurance with a one-on-two. A brilliant, brilliant play by Kudas He's been he's been one of the signings of the season for sure. In the EPL. You gotta put him in the in the team if you make a team like that. Uh, so West Ham two. Manchester United nil. Very, very poor performance for Manchester United. Um Shockingly bad, but it's really not shocking anymore if they're just a bad team, is it? Tottenham-Everton, Tottenham win it 2-1. Richarlison, against his former team, made it 1-0. Calm finish, good finish from him. Heming Sohn made it 2-0, the Tottenham captain. Gomez uh, brought one back for Everton to make it interesting to have them push for the equalizer, but it would not come. Tottenham win it 2-1. Nuno in for Forrest as Steve Cooper's out in his first match at the city ground. Bournemouth win it 3-2. Bowley got sent off. Two yellows. The first one I will agree with. I thought it was a yellow card. The second one is very, very harsh. One, because he wins the ball. But two, not only he wins the ball. I'll say this. It seems a little bit like a dive. It seemed a little divey. I'm just going to throw that out there. It just seemed a little dive, so it's unfortunate. Um, but bully gets sent off, so Forrester are playing with ten men. Alanga actually gets the ten man Forrest, the lead at the f- with one of the first actions of the second half. But Solanke gets an equalizer. Solanke puts Bournemouth ahead. Chris Wood levels it. Uh, after a deflection, but it's still his goal because the header was on target off a set piece. So it's 2-2. City ground going crazy, but Solanke, another goal for his hat trick in stoppage time, the winner for Bournemouth. What a afternoon for Dominic Solanke. Luton Town and Newcastle at the Kenny. It was Towson, the goal for Luton. Then you had Fulham and Burnley at Craven Cottage. Burnley, brilliant results, 2-0, Odebert, goal outside the box. Berg, a goal outside the box. Two great strikes to beat Fulham. Game of the weekend, Liverpool-Arsenal at Anfield. Gabriel put Arsenal up early off a set piece to make it 1-0. And then Trent Alexander-Arnold bombs a ball over the top. Salah beats Zinchenko and then beats uh, Riot to the near post. Brilliant finish from Mo Salah. Big... Question marks with a possible Odegaard penalty that was not given. And then you had a gigantic chance for Liverpool, five-on-one. Trent Alexander-Arnold hits the post. So um, Liverpool, you could argue, should have won it. Some tough decisions going against them again, or maybe a, a non-decision, I guess you could say, not going for them. Um, but 1-1 it finishes at Anfield. Arteta praises his team for going to Anfield, playing brave because United just went there a week ago and got a draw, too, but they got it in a boring way. Uh, at least Arsenal came to play. Liverpool, I thought, played well and should have won. I mean, they had the better chances, and they were at home, and you got to win your home games if you want to win the title. Unfortunately, they've drawn two in a row in the Prem, in t- big spots. All right, City-Brentford got postponed with City away for the Club World Cup by their back. And then Wolves-Chelsea. Wolves went Wolves at 2-1. It was a lamina goal that put Wolves up 1-0 in an authority goal late, gave them an insurance that they needed because Nkuku brought one back for Chelsea, but they cannot find an equalizer. And Wolves get a big 2-1 win over Chelsea. And Chelsea continue to take a couple steps and then take a lot of steps backwards. You know, it just seems like it's been those type of two seasons for Chelsea. And I believe the stat was this in 2023 calendar season, this is the most they've lost, which is scary. Um, because it was not the biggest club before Abramovich got there. So to have all these losses with this team, looking at who you got, like it's, it's a little worrisome. All right, so midweek festive fixtures. We got Newcastle and Forest at St. James Park. Newcastle are out of Europe. Um, they have to find a way to get back into Europe if they want to do that. They got to win games in the prem. They've struggled. They have injuries for sure, but there's a lot of teams that have a lot of injuries. So it, it's you don't really want to hear that. Right. And Forrest with Nuno. Probably will find themselves in this relegation battle, especially if Everton just keep winning to get them out of them out of the relegation battle after they were docked to 10 points. They just keep winning to get those points back. They're insane. Um, but forrest are probably going to be in it. This is a big game for both clubs. Both clubs need it. Um, and I'm gonna go Newcastle. You got Sheffield United and Luton. This is a six pointer. I can still see both teams going down, but this is still a six pointer. Luton have been playing better. It's unfortunate that they lost uh their captain's gonna be out with um, you know, with the heart stuff. You miss him, but they got a big win. I hope they sign Andres Towson for the rest of the season because I'm pretty sure he signed in, what, October or September for, like, just till January. Like, I hope they, re- like, sign him. He, he's gotten them the winner. He's responsible for at least three points, right? Um Jeff, you and I have been playing better. I'm going to go draw. Bournemouth Fulham. Before the weekend, if you ask me about this, I'd say Fulham are about to go to Bournemouth, and this game is about to be 5-5. And it honestly still could be 5-5 the way both these teams kind of play up and down. It's fun. Um, so I'm going to go 2-2. I'll go 2-2. I think that's going to be an exciting game. Burnley and Liverpool. Now, Liverpool trips to Turf Moor used to be very, very um, annoying. You know, just just not fun, not entertaining. They don't want to play, you know, football there. But that was in the Sean Dyche era. Now it's Vincent Kompany. He wants to play football. Um, they've had some injuries, but they, they're playing some guys through it and I'm just I wonder how if he's gonna company is gonna say yeah let's play you know is he gonna be brave and say yeah let's play because Liverpool when teams play they usually get the results now I understand you just say well Arsenal got a result right they did and Arsenal did play but point being more times than not, if teams face up and actually play Liverpool, you know, 11 v 11, let's play the sport and not park the bus. They lose the game, but it's more exciting game. So I wonder if Burnley is going to play out. I, I don't think they will. So it's going to be tough. I think Liverpool do score the victory. Give me like 1-0, you know, 2-0 two, two maybe Liverpool. Uh, Manchester United and Villa. Listen, United keep running into teams that want to take their lunch money. And Villa is a team that is going to come to your ground and play the way they want to play. And they're going to try to bully you and be physical and, and win the middle of the park and win that midfield. And then with Diaby and only Watkins up front, they're going to be decisive and with their chances and they're going to get goals and they're going to be leading in the match and you're going to have to score goals. And right now Hoyland has not scored. Anthony has not scored. Rashford has lost. Bruno Fernandez is a joke. McTominay is the leading scorer for Manchester United. The new striker they got has not done anything in the Prem. Anthony has not done anything in Prem. Sancho, one of the best wingers that so many people talked about, is not allowed to play with the team because he hasn't apologized to the manager. So Man U's in crisis scoring goals. And Villa score goals. So... Are United going to be like, are United going to set up the same way they set up against Liverpool, against Villa, but at home? I wonder. Because United have scored goals. That's been Manchester United's calling card. They score goals and oftentimes late winners, but they score goals. I don't know. It's weird. I think Villa win the game. Chelsea, Crystal Palace, London Derby. Uh, This matchup to me. Could be trouble for Chelsea, especially if Elise and Eze start together and Hodgson plays offensive because if Enzo's banged up and Caicedo's not playing well and Lavia hasn't even played yet, um, that midfield's going to get run through by Elise and Eze. And there are so many injuries on that Chelsea back line. I understand it, but they're still capable players. And are you going to get goals from Nkuku, Cole Palmer, and Sterling now? Is that your new front three? I wonder. Because I think Nkuku has to be the striker over Jackson. Jackson is an interesting project, but he's just been given so many games and hasn't performed. Like That's enough, dude. That was your whole trial. That was your trial to be the number one striker. You're not a number one striker, so get lost. Um, So I think uh, Crystal Palace is up for this one. Give me Crystal Palace 2-1. Brentford and Wolves. Wolves have been really, really strong. In a lot of matchups that I didn't think they would play well in. Uh, I thought where are the goal is going to come from. They found ways with Wang. Lamina has been shipping in. Um, Doherty gets his first goal in his second stint last game. So they're finding goals. They're finding different guys to score goals for them. So um, Brentford. Is Tony allowed to play now? No, it's not January yet. So he's not allowed to play yet. So it's soon, but it's not yet. So... Um, It's going to be interesting to see what Brentford does in this January window. Do they keep Tony? Do they sell him? I wonder. Man City are back with a trip to Goodison Park. And Everton are red hot. Everton are going to be feeling themselves. Everton are going to want to give it to the champions and play their way, but also kind of dictate where City are with the ball. And Sean Dyche will set it up to succeed. They'll be in that kind of 4-4-1-1. Four, four, one, one. If Dracore could go, that's big. But if not, they'll figure out somebody else they can play in that little hole in front of, um, or depending on your perspective, but in front of Calvert-Lewin if you're facing the other way, but behind him, right? Um, so in that 10 spot in Calvert-Lewin in the 9, for lack of better words. City coming back from the Club World Cup. Are they ready to jump back into this title race? I wonder. I think this will show a lot. I saw De Bruyne at training. Is he back and ready to go? I don't know if they'll rush him back. Um, But I think Everton can certainly get the result here for sure. Give me a draw. A La Liga. Real Madrid beat Debertito. 1-0. Nacho got sent off as a Vasquez winner. And... Atletico Madrid beat Sevilla 1-0, Lorente, And they're on a break till January 2nd in Spain. Serie A. Lazio beat Empoli 2-0. Uh, Southern Tana and Milan draw 2-2. Frazioni and Juve. Juve win it 2-1. Vlahovic, the winner, I believe, is a McKinney assist. Uh, Bologna beat Atalanta 1-0. Inter and Lecce, it was an Inter 2-0 win. Barella, the winner. And Roma-Napoli... Roma win it 2-0. Politano and Osimhen both sent off for Napoli. Pellegrini and Lukaku, the goal scorers for Jose Mourinho's Roma. Uh, they'll be playing over the weekend, but no midweek action in Italy. And then the Bundesliga is a break till January 12th. League Un, a break until January 12th. Some college basketball. Kentucky, big in Louisville. It seemed like it was a Kentucky home game, which is unfortunate. Um... Louisville and Louisville is not a good team right now as we know but they fought early and then Kentucky blew them away and then he had a great game Arizona FAU exciting great game FAU hands Arizona their second loss of the season in double overtime FAU made that promise to each other that they were going to come back they were going to play to get all that kind of stuff it was really really cool and they're one of the only, what, two teams that ha- didn't have somebody transfer in college basketball, which is insane when you think about it. But um, FAU, big win in double overtime, gives Arizona their second loss. Not a lot of college basketball until the weekend, I believe, so we'll talk more about it on Thursday's show. All right, go to the picks portion of the show now. Start pull locks, good, 2-1, 35-13 on the season. Buffalo at the Chargers was a win. Kansas City at home against Vegas was a loss. Philadelphia, a winner against the New York Football Giants at home. Now, pick six. We we did something special, we thought. We did six unders for Christmas. That's a mistake. And just remember, folks, it's almost as impressive to go 0-6 as it is 6-0. Because we went 0-6. And now... We have jeopardized our really good season here down the stretch. So this is not good. 0-6 makes us 49-44-3. The Thursday night under New Orleans Rams got away from us. 47 was a loss. Cincinnati, Pittsburgh under 38. Pittsburgh scored 34. That was a loss. Buffalo and the LA Chargers scored 44. What did that one finish? 24-22. So we're off by two. Washington and New York football jets game started crazy, then settled down a little bit, then got crazy at the end and we lost that one. Patriots Broncos. I have no idea how this game went over. It did 35 got crazy in the second half there. Baltimore and San Francisco under 47. We had a chance. We had a chance. Um, And then the late scores there, 33, 12, we're still winning. And then they throw the Darnold to bell touchdown. So, That was how we lost that over, folks, or under, and it made it over. So 0-6, and And again, I remind you, it's almost as impressive to go 0-6 as it is 6-0. All right, Uh, thank you for listening, and I know it's a a quick version of the show on on a uh, Tuesday morning when you think, oh, he's going to recap the whole slate. I, I did enough, and also, it was Christmas Eve and Christmas when the games were, man, chill. Okay, so I did my best, all right? Um. Thursday, look ahead to NFL Week 17 Preview, Festive Fixtures Recap, College Football Playoff Semifinal Previews. So we'll dig into up on those matchups. Look forward to that. All that and more on Thursday show. Again, happy holidays. Merry Christmas, everybody. Talk to you Thursday. Until then. Peace. <laughs> check out his podcast. That sounds like my kind of podcast. Football, 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 and sometimes other sports show. Sounds like me.